Well, waste not, want not, the old saying goes. Chances are, and you'll relate to this, we can all relate to this. Chances are you own several devices that need to be charged all the time. And chances are they'll eventually stop being able to hold that charge. And what do you do then? Well, these days, mainly, we just replace them, right? Well, it's no coincidence. The fact is that part of the marketing of these devices is something called planned obsolescence or a death date. They know when the, the battery is only going to last so long. The only person who doesn't know usually is you or me, the consumer. Um, but that's not only bad for the pocketbook, our pocketbooks. It's also tough on the environment. And why are we angrier about it? Well, joining me now is Kyle Weens. He's the CEO of Repair Community iFixit, and he's speaking to us tonight from Central Oregon. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, this is certainly a topic that everybody will have an opinion on, you know, the, the sort of forced obsolescence of many of your devices because of the batteries generally. How old is this phenomenon? Because, of course, I, I'm old enough to remember when you'd put, you know, double A's in your Walkman kind of thing, you know? Yeah, well, the double A's in your Walkman worked fine. Uh, and I, you know, I think the most mainstream device that we really saw this start to happen with was the iPod. The iPod was the first music player that had an integrated battery that you couldn't swap out the double A's. Uh, and we all just kind of rolled with it. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of protest at the time. Uh, and and since then, we've seen batteries move into all of the things in our lives. So what is the impact of that? I mean, I mean, we know that that in, it must be, I mean, we know that in terms of the devices themselves, the batteries are more effective, in some senses are better protected, right? Um, but what is the unintended or the intended impact of this on the consumer? Well, the the impact is we have a consumable uh, baked into all of our products that's not replaceable. So the, the, these batteries last between 400 and 1,000 uses or cycles. And so think about if, if your car, if you could use your car 400 times and then you toss it away and get a new car. Like no one would put up with that. If, if your tires were welded to the car and you had to replace the car when the tires were out – yeah, we would build mutiny, but for some reason, we've put up with it with electronics. And and the cost to society is just staggered. Yeah, tell me about the cost, because I imagine there's both the cost to the consumer, and then there's a the cost of, of disposing of these things, right? And making Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an environmental impact to manufacturing these things. You know, 70% of the uh, carbon impact of electronics is in the manufacturing of them. It's not plugging them into the wall. They don't take that much power. But making them requires a huge amount of power. So there's a big environmental impact. But I think the thing that strikes home uh, to most people is just the cost. If you think about all the things in your life that have a battery, uh, you know, let, let's say you've got you've got four gadgets, and each of them maybe the battery is going to last four years. Well, that means every year you're replacing one of those things, right? So you're on this constant treadmill of having to replace all of the things in our life, uh, and we're just we're just forking money hand over fist to to the electronics manufacturers. And with inflation where it is, I imagine that with people looking to cut costs here and there, one of the things they're going to want to cut costs on is replacing gadgets that are perfectly usable, except for the fact that the battery doesn't work anymore. Absolutely. And and the cost difference is staggering. So you look at a $1,000 smartphone, a battery for that could be $35 for a new battery. These batteries are not expensive. Uh, but but uh, you know, overwhelmingly, you ask people, well, you know, I'm thinking about getting a new phone. It does, the battery doesn't last as long as it used to. It doesn't run as fast as it used to. The, it not being as fast as it used to could be because the battery is wearing down. It, these do that. Uh, 
Uh, and and it is you know, completely baffling to me that that no you know you go to buy a smartphone it never says on the box hey the battery only lasts three four years they don't they don't tell you why have companies I mean clearly consumer folks and tech folks have probably been trying to pry away at this and figure out okay well okay tech companies tell us uh, you know if you're making these things tell us about the battery tell us what the tell us how long this is going to last but that information isn't out there. Well, and that's what's astounding about this Washington Post article. Uh, the author, uh, Jeff Fowler, went and reached out to all these different companies and said, hey, Bose, hey, Sony, hey, you know, Philips, Sonicare, just tell me how long your stuff lasts. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I just want to know, you know, if I buy this, if I recommend this product, is it going to last a year? Is it going to last five years? How long are they going to last? These companies couldn't tell the Washington Post how long their products would last. What is the, is there a point? I mean, for for listeners out there who have devices, is there a point where all of a sudden it's almost like a like a fast like a like a ski hill where you, that your product will start going downhill very quickly based on its battery power? Yes, it depends on the product. Um, you know, with, with uh, something like um, you know m- most headphones or or most gizmos, I think you can figure probably five hundred charge cycles. That's a complete charge discharge of the battery. Uh, is is when really battery life starts to to go off a cliff, uh, and and so if you think about like your kids would say a Nintendo Switch, if they're using that Switch every day and they're charging it up, you know, completely every day, as short as a year and a half, um, or or if you're like me, you only use it occasionally, maybe it's three or four years. I know that some companies, I mean, Apple at one point was caught with you know the fact that it was built into their products that the that the battery would degrade, uh, and then they replaced them or offered to replace them. Are companies at least offering to do some of this work for you, or is it just too too time consuming for most consumers to bother? Yeah, yeah well, so this is what iFixit does. We've stepped into the gap and we sell battery kits uh, because almost no manufacturers do. Uh, until recently, you know, no smartphone manufacturer was selling batteries. I don't know of a single electric toothbrush company that will sell you a replacement battery. Uh, and and I think that's that's borderline criminal. This idea that we're going to sell you an elect, you know, electric toothbrush with fancy motors and everything else, and we're going to build a consumable into it. We're not going to tell you that consumable will wear out, and we won't sell you a replacement consumable. Uh, you, you just need to throw it away and buy a new one. Uh, and and so it, it, it's it's like this most to me kind of unbelievable uh, trap that we've all walked into. And yet we seem to have walked into it quite willingly as consumers, have we not? Well, you know, there's something about the electronics industry where it's where yeah, it's sexy and compelling. There's new gadgets regularly. Uh, you know, the iPod was the product that started this, and uh, the sales pitch was always, "Well, hey, there's a new one. It's got more capacity. It comes in different colors. Maybe this one has a camera." So they're always adding more features, and so you get this is kind of psychological obsolescence where we feel like the one that we have isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, I think I think it was Jimmy Kimmel went out on the streets of, of L.A. and they asked people, they said, hey, do you want to see the new iPhone? Tell us what you think of it. And they hand them an iPhone. They're like, oh, yeah, this is so much better. It's so much faster and sleeker. Uh, and it turned out they'd given everybody the previous one. Of course. <laughs> uh, so, so there is a there's a there's a level of like we've been trained to expect the new one and to almost feel bad about the one that we have because it's older. Uh, and I think that's something that that we all need to wake up to and change our behavior a little bit. Realize that we've had the wool pulled over our eyes. 
Well, it's, and it certainly helps if the if the product that you own no longer works as well as when you got it, right? Uh, because if you have a turntable, you know it works as well as the day you bought it, generally, right? So, right. but but your you know other other uh, electronic devices that are have those hidden batteries uh, don't. I'm speaking with Kyle Weens, he's the CEO of Repair Community iFixit. We're talking about. Uh, Something that's called forced obsolescence, but really we're talking about why is it that consumers aren't angrier or aren't more up in arms about the fact that batteries in their devices tend to wear out and make the devices useless and have, have to be replaced? Why aren't we more upset about it? Coming up, we'll talk a bit more about uh, what can be done. I mean, there are clearly different jurisdictions around the world that are looking at this in terms of consumer rights, and we'll talk about that after this. My guest is Kyle Weens. He's the CEO of Repair Community iFixit. He's speaking to us tonight from Central Oregon. Um, we're talking about uh, forced obsolescence of your electronic devices. Uh, you know, a lot of them have hidden batteries. It's not like the old days where you used to know if your if your Walkman was running out, you just go and buy four new double A's or two new double A's, put them in, and off it went until it invariably broke because you dropped it or something along those lines. But these days, it's the battery that is often the problem. The batteries degrade, and then the product itself just doesn't work as well as it used to. And we tend to be happy enough to just to go buy a new one. And, and that, of course, has all kinds of unintended consequences, let alone the cost to us, the consumer. So, Kyle, what can be done? I mean, clearly you've offered uh, something of a remedy, but there's other rules out there. People are looking at trying to at least um, find some way around this so that consumers have more information when they buy these products. Well, the first thing is to know you can replace these batteries. Uh, if you look at a lot of the products, they don't have screws. Um, so it takes a little bit of, of prying know-how. We have thousands of free guides on iFixit that will show you how to take things apart. So I'd say the first thing is just you know, take control of the products in your life. Believe in yourself. Find a way either to replace the battery yourself or find a, a local professional who can. Um, but but then to, to go above and beyond that, I think there's some things that society needs to do to make to make this easier and normalize this behavior. So what are what can be done? Uh, I guess from from the point of view of the consumer, what should you be on the lookout for when it comes to your devices? How can you better protect yourself against this obsolescence? Yeah, so the very first thing to do when you're thinking about buying anything, I don't care if it's a electric toothbrush or a vacuum or a smartphone, look to see if replacement parts are available. Um, just this week, Samsung's finally started selling replacement parts for their smartphones. That's really exciting. Apple has started doing it this year, and so has Google. But other companies like like Sony does not, for example. Um, so look to see if, if parts are available. If they're not, uh, buy something else. Buy a different brand. So uh, oftentimes I'll be at the store and I'll, you know, if I want to buy a vacuum or a toaster or whatever it is, and I'll just do a real quick Google for, you know, thing parts. And I'll see, are there parts available? If there aren't, pick a different brand. Legislate. I know the European Union has looked at has has rules in place as well. I mean, there are things that that government can do to to. I mean, we're we're kind of relying on the technology companies to do this out of their own goodwill at this point, are we not? Yeah, absolutely. We, we need to set some norms of behavior. This has gone on for too long with too much bad behavior, kind of uniform across the industry. Uh, and so it's time for governments to step up. The Federal Trade Commission has started investigating bad behavior where manufacturers have been limiting access to repair. Uh, the uh, There is over 25 U.S. states uh, that have considered right to repair legislation. So far this year, uh, Colorado passed a uh, wheelchair-focused right to repair bill for electric wheelchairs, and the state of New York passed a broad electronics right to repair bill. Uh, and, and we expect many more states to follow. The European Commission is looking at this as well. France has even gone so far as to label products on the shelf with how easy they are to fix. There's actually a number on the product next next to the price where it says, hey, this smartphone, 
is easy to fix or hard to fix. That's really important knowledge for people. Because I guess the, the point here is that if you're someone who's a real gadget head and you like to change your products all the time, well, so be it, right? Go ahead. But for the rest of us who may treat something like an old toaster, remember you, there used to be places that repaired things, right? You don't see a lot of those out there anymore other than places like yours. Um, that at least it gives consumers some options, right? Yeah, and I'd like to see more of those repair shops come back. We need to think about repair and maintenance jobs as green jobs. Uh, every product that we can repair and, and extend the life is, is another thing that we don't have to manufacture in the first place. It, it, it saves resources, it saves carbon in the atmosphere, it's net good, uh, and it, it creates local jobs. Uh, so every chance that you get to support your local repair shop, uh, you know, to take it. Uh, that's It's really the, the all of us um, acting in concert that, that shape the contours of the society that we want to live in. And so if you want a local appliance repair person, then then hire them when you have something that breaks. There's also a change of mindset too. I mean, we've had sort of the, the, the coming and I guess maybe going now a fast fashion and we sort of moved into an even more disposable culture than we were in before. Um, and I guess that's also a change of mindset that has to come into place. Yeah, we, we need to be content with the things that we have and realize, you know, sometimes less is more. Uh, but but I, I also would argue that it, this, there's an opportunity to save the planet through sheer laziness. Let's just hang on to the stuff that we've got. Uh, you know, getting a new thing, like swapping out a refrigerator is a total pain in the neck. The last time my refrigerator broke, it was like vastly easier to fix it than it would have been to get rid of it and get a new refrigerator. Indeed. Um, in, in terms of just, you know, the recycling always comes up in these conversations as well, but I gather when it comes to the recycling of electronics, it's not all that effective. That's true. We are pretty bad at turning products back into their raw material components. So if you think about a smartphone, maybe we can get some copper, we can get some gold out of it, but there's a lot of materials that are lost. For example, neodymium is a rare earth metal that's used in the magnets, uh, both the microphone and the speaker. No one is recovering neodymium at scale and recycling. That's just lost in the recycling process. And almost all of the world's rare supplies come from these very polluted mines in northern China. So there's a geopolitical element to this where we are beholden to China for these, this material extraction if we want to be able to make new products. Uh, we would be far better off if, if we would uh, emit, you know, reduce our, our overall consumption by, by keeping the things we have lasting a little bit longer. So any parting advice, Kyle, to listeners who are sitting there staring at their, you know, their their electric toothbrush that doesn't brush as well as it once did or their, <laughs> or their, or their phone that just doesn't seem to hold its charge the way it once could? Yeah, I mean, tally up all the things in your life that have batteries. It's it's sort of probably more than you would ever realize until you sit down and start counting. And then realize there is hope. You can fix it. Look online for replacement battery and tools. Sometimes there may be, you know, some prying, some tabs, latches, maybe a little bit of glue that you have to work through with a hairdryer. Uh, but it is totally solvable. We have millions of people a month repairing things uh, using ifixit.com and and succeeding with it. They, but the, the key, and I would say the biggest barrier is believing in yourself, believing that you can fix a thing. Uh, you're not going to hire a toothbrush repair person. Uh, so you're going to have to do that one yourself. Uh, and it can be done. Kyle Weens, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me.